Welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual, I have Patrick Brewer with me today. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing good. How are you, James? I'm doing well. Um, excited. Today's guest, we have uh, Padre announcer and uh, Fox Sports announcer, Don Orsillo, with us today, and uh, I'm sure that we're going to have a good time talking to him. Definitely. Okay, a uh, little bit of Padre news. Um, since we last were on the air, uh, Reimer Liriano was designated for assignment, um, actually the day that we finished our last podcast with Jesse Agler. Um, give me some thoughts on, on that, Patrick, and, and uh, what you what you think. Um, from what I'm hearing, it, it seemed like inevitable almost for the last year, and I heard, a, I heard a rumor saying that basically the fact that he wasn't called up late last year was kind of a, I guess, a hint at him, like that maybe San Diego's not the place for him. Maybe they've lost uh, faith in his development. So I, I saw it as kind of, I don't want to say inevitable, but it wasn't. it's not really surprising, I guess. So, I mean, he's a talented player, but he's had his fair his fair share of um, opportunity. So I think it's, it's at this point he's going to try to succeed somewhere else. And, I mean, there's some logical fits from around the league. I, I see the Braves as a pretty good fit because they're obviously in rebuilding mode, um, have – kind of a lack of depth in the outfield I'd say at least in, in terms of young guys so I think that's someone they could use maybe you know either if, if he gets traded or if he just gets straight released and signed I guess we'll have to wait and see but I think that's would probably be a good fit for him going forward seeing that San Diego's kind of got a, they got a lot of outfielders in the minors it's kind of packed at this point so I don't really see where he fits in either in the short term or the long term so I think it makes more sense for him to maybe find that success elsewhere yeah, I, I agree with you. He's he's a young player. Um, I, I think it's just another example of AJ Preller just going through the farm system and overhauling it, if you will, and, and just bringing in players that that he deems as um, prospects, if you will. Um, at, at the age of twenty four, it's hard to to wash your hands of Liriano, but you know, I think the writing was on the wall, like you say, uh, as far as not coming up last season. And um, you know, we're just gonna have to trust AJ and his beliefs on on uh, talent and as far as evaluation. Um, another interesting note is the Padres uh, seem to be uh, interested in uh, Tim Lincecum, um, former uh, two-time Cy Young Award winner, who uh, you know shut down the Padres two years uh, and uh, has thrown no hitters against us. Um, it's an interesting pickup. Uh, I guess you know it would, it would depend on what um, what the terms of the, of the contract would be. But you know, give me your thoughts on, on Lincecum and, and whether or not he could help help the Padres in in the future. Um, I think it makes sense as a fit. I mean, he's obviously kind of have some experience with the team. He's he's played us plenty of times, so I think he's there's that I guess familiarity. So, in terms of the contract, I don't know what it would really take to get him. Probably something low on the money, but kind of incentives similar to uh, Fernando Rodney, probably somewhere along those lines. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but I think it makes sense as a potential fifth starter. I mean, if he's really as healed as they're saying he is from his his hip surgery, that I think he can return to at least some of his previous form. I mean, you're not getting a Cy Young winner; you're getting a former Cy Young winner. So he's he's not going to uh, duplicate that performance more than likely. But I think he can still be an above average arm out of the out of the starting rotation. So I think it'd be a good move. And I, I mean, they're obviously interested, so we'll have to see how that showcase goes. And it's really based on what Lincecum shows at that showcase, so it's it's really dependent on that. Yeah, no, I hear you. It'd be an interesting pick, and, and you know, he'd probably put some butts in the seats and and bring some uh, attention to the to the Padre fans and and to the team in general. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what AJ does. Uh, 
they're uh, slowly but surely all the free agents are being uh, swooped up uh, with about three weeks left before spring training. So, you know, anything can happen, and uh, we'll just have to keep an eye out on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, uh, I think it's about time to bring in uh, Mr. Orsillo and uh, talk some Padre baseball. I know we both have uh, a ton of questions for him and uh, are excited to talk to him. Yeah, definitely. All right, welcome back, Padre fans. Uh, we're excited to have Don Orsillo here, uh, play-by-play uh, announcer for the San Diego Padres and as well as Fox Sports. Um, Mr. Orsillo, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Our pleasure. We're, we're, we're so excited to talk to you. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about uh, your time in San Diego and how you're adjusting to, uh, to being here in California and uh, in particular the weather here in San Diego. No, it's been terrific. You know, the weather's been outstanding so far, even with El Nino and uh, everything else that goes on here for you guys. But I'll tell you what, it's been great, especially where uh, the last 20 years I'm used to some pretty cold winters. Uh, Moved out here uh, just after Christmas on the 26th and been here about a month and uh, so far really enjoying my stay here. It's a beautiful city. Fantastic, fantastic. I guess you had to trade in your your snow shovel then, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I didn't bring it with me. (laughs) Yeah. No, no need for it here. Um, okay, so you know, I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that you know you were born in Massachusetts, uh, high school in California, professional career back in New England, and now you're back in San Diego. So you've kind of gone uh, full circle, if you will. You know, tell me a little, tell us a little bit about you know that experience, and you know that just how ironic that it's you, you know you've kind of made it back to both coasts uh, frequently. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely gone full circle. And, um, you know, I'm certainly very excited about it. I, you know, I really know in two places in my life, and that's uh, New England and Southern California. Um, I was born, as you mentioned, in Melrose, Mass, outside of Boston, but grew up in New Hampshire, a little bit more north, and I went to school in Boston uh, at college. But um, prior to uh, my, my freshman year of high school, my dad uh, switched uh, jobs and we ended up moving to Palos Verdes, California and lived on the peninsula there for the four years of high school that I was there. So um, it was really something that I liked a lot. And um, when my um, job ended in Boston and, uh, you know, it really became increasingly clear that, you know, there's only 29 other places to work. Um, one of the places I really wanted to come back to was Southern California. And when the Padres came calling, it was certainly uh, something that uh, I jumped on right away and uh, very excited to be here with San Diego. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're, 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 can't I can't tell you how pleased we are to have you here. You 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 bring a dimension to the game that uh, that we're very excited to have. Thank um, you very much. You I'm know, your first bro- no, for, for sure, man. Uh, your first broadcast um, actually was a Hideo Nomo no hitter. That's correct. Um, you yeah. called and you've called four total no hitters so far in in your broadcasting career. So you know, I as a Padre fan, um, we're we're expecting a, a no hitter from you. Uh, relatively soon <laughs> yeah i understand there hasn't ever been one so uh, i'm looking forward to doing yeah. that <laughs> i did get it out of the way in my first game you know which was a little nerve-wracking i really didn't need a no-hitter in my first game a normal uh, run-of-the-mill 4-2 game would have been fine for me but it was pretty exciting and very unusual uh it was at camden yards in baltimore in fact uh, the only no-hitter at camden yards in baltimore um, and was Nomo's second no-hitter, but his first start in a Red Sox uniform. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I had a chance to do Buckholz and Lester uh, as well. So I did actually three of the four. I did not do the uh, Derek Lowe one. I, uh, we, at the time, um, Sean McDonough and I were splitting games with the Red Sox, and he actually had that game. So I've done uh, three. Okay, okay, okay. Well, still, three is, is more than what we've had in our in our history <laughs> as a Padre friend. <laughs> 
So, Don, what uh, got you into broadcasting, I guess, all those years ago? What, what was the driving uh, factor there? Well, for me, I, I thought it was the coolest job in the world. Um, I really – I grew up, uh, as I mentioned, kind of uh, in New Hampshire, and uh, we had th- three or four TV stations, but none of them had the Red Sox. So uh, I listened to baseball and radio and really kind of fell in love with that, and that's where it started, and that's what I wanted to do from a very early age. I remember telling my parents when I was 11 or 12 that you know I wanted to be an announcer uh, in Major League Baseball, and you know I knew my athletic career was not going to take me much more beyond uh, high school, so – uh, I kind of went that path, and and when I went to Northeastern for school in Boston, um, at that point I, I took broadcasting courses, had the chance to intern for Red Sox Radio in '89 and '90 um, for a guy by the name of Ken Coleman, and the next guy was Bob Starr, and and it's kind of ironic because when I moved to Southern California, Bob Starr was doing Angels games, so. Uh, when I was back there going to college, it was one of the two voices that I really kind of grew up listening to. So um, it reaffirmed what I wanted to do. And then I ventured off into the minor leagues for 10 seasons of uh, minor league baseball and uh, just went the regular path. I, I guess a player goes a ball, double A and triple A and got a chance to see all that and just dreamed that someday I'd have a chance to work in the big leagues. But that's all kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. So what would you mm-hmm. say is the favorite memory of your entire career to this point? You know, I look back over the course uh, of my career, and I had to say the three championships in Boston were all very special, all very different. Um, to have three rings uh, from those teams is incredible, you know, based on the fact that you know, the Red Sox went 86 years uh, without a championship, and uh, it was a long drought and a lot of misery during those times. So I would say that, the, you know, those three are at the top of the list, 04 being uh, my number one favorite just because of the, uh, you know, the fact that it had been 86 years at that point. Um, but I look back, there were some, you know, individual things that the players did during the course of my career. There, the no hitters that you alluded to, uh, Manny Ramirez's 500th home run, uh, David Ortiz's 500th home run this last year, and then there's some kind of different ones. To be honest with you, uh, one of the more emotional calls I ever had was the first game back at Fenway Park after the uh, marathon bombing uh, in Boston back in uh, 2013, and. Um, that that was really kind of special because it was the first time that a group of any size really had gotten together after the bombing, and it was the first home game at Fenway Park, and Daniel Nava hit a three-run home run in the eighth inning to give the Red Sox the lead, and my call was, uh, Boston, this is for you, and it just kind of the last thing I could say is it was so emotional that day at the park. A lot of first responders were there, and uh, some of the, the uh, surviving victims were there as well, and uh, so it was a pretty emotional day. So that that to me was a pretty pretty special day at Fenway. Mm-hmm, definitely nice, nice. Yeah, sometimes the, the most special days are, aren't even really baseball related in the game, and, and I think that's why uh, the three of us love the game so much. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's amazing how so many things happen that uh, aren't baseball related at the baseball park, and that that certainly is one of them uh, that I'll never forget. Definitely. You know, you, you spoke about the Red Sox and uh, the fact that they reversed the curse and they, they lost that losing stigma. Um, is there anything particular you can put your finger on uh, that group of guys or was it just uh, just the time? You know, I think it was the time, you know, they say, they came so close in 2003, you know, prior to the Aaron Boone uh, walk off extra inning home run at Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, that would have propelled them into the World Series in 03, but they came back kind of on a mission in 04. It was a special group of guys. You know, you're talking about the Johnny Damons, the Kevin Millars. Uh, it, it was uh, Gabe Kapler. I mean, it was a special group of guys that came together and got it done. Uh, really, you know, the addition of Kurt Schilling that year made a huge difference to go along with Pedro Martinez. 
Uh, you already had a, an extremely good lineup. I mean, anytime you got Manny Ramirez hitting three and David Ortiz hitting four, it's pretty special. And uh, they had that. And then you moved to 07. That was a different group of guys. But again, they were on a mission. It's actually some homegrown Red Sox players that really were uh, instituted that. You think about guys like John Lester, Dustin Bedroya, as well as Jacoby Ellsbury kind of coming on the scene that year with Papelbon closing games. And then the group in 2013, which was, it reminded me a lot of the 04 guys. They were character guys, guys who had postseason experience, um, players that were not, you know, huge stars, but you put them in a clubhouse together and they're all good character guys with postseason experience. Uh, the Johnny Gomes, the Mike Napoli's, uh, the Shane Victorinos, and all of a sudden those guys go on a heck of a run and uh, they're able to win the World Series in 2013. So the teams were very different, the way they were structured. Um, at the same time, I just think that uh, the amount of success that they had there was, was different in each case, but uh, certainly amazing to win three championships in a 10-year period. Yeah, definitely. And I think the Padres are trying to search for that mix of, of chemistry and veteran presence right now, as well as homegrown talent. It's just it's something that's easier said than done. You know, it's, it's a formula that's um, a work in progress, if you will. It um, is, and I, yeah. and I agree with you. I mean, I'm from afar, having watched you know what took place here last year, and um, you know the uh, the players that they signed last year, and uh, a lot of the mm -hmm. minor leaguers that were traded away to, uh, in some cases, acquire some of those guys. It seemed as if the farm system this year really needed to be retooled um, as far as prospects go, and it, it appears that AJ has done that this off season uh, with some pretty good prospects, and uh, you know the. Uh, some of the guys that came from Boston for Kimbrell were, were, were very, very good and uh, probably a couple of years away. But uh, I think the system now is much stronger than it was, oh, I don't know, three months ago. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with you. Um, did you have any um, connection with uh, Margal or uh, Guerra or any of the uh, minor leaguers that were traded? Or did you have any inside information on them or... I did see Margot in spring. Yeah, we saw Margot in spring training last year, and he appeared to be uh, very good. You know, he's uh, a guy that, you know, it, it was, again, probably a year or two away, at least when I saw him last year. He may be a year closer now. Uh, but I know the Red Sox are very high on him and um, uh, a guy that uh, I know the Padres are looking forward to seeing as well. But, you know, I think overall you're just trying to restock that farm system, get as many guys as you can. And uh, I, I really believe that a championship team is a blend of, uh, guys that you have homegrown, uh, a couple free agents, a couple of veterans who've been there before. Uh, it's a mix. And I, and I think, you know, heading into the season, uh, the Padres are working on bettering that mix for not only this year, but for the future. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Um, did you have any message for Red Sox fans? I, I know that they had made a really big stink about you leaving and just, you know, I really, really love you. And uh, I believe there's a petition signed with uh, 62,000 signatures. Um, you know, give me some thoughts about Red Sox fans and, and, and uh, you know, just give me, uh, you know, how what they meant to you. Well, they meant a great deal to me. Uh, having grown up there and having the chance to broadcast Red Sox baseball for 15 years was uh, terrific for me and something that I will never forget. You know, it was an incredible time. And as I mentioned, with the number of championships that took place during that time and the number of things that took place during that time. And um, when my time came to an end, I really, uh, I really flattered by the way that Red Sox Nation uh, reached out to me in a series of different ways, whether it be, you know, on Twitter or uh, through, you know, different mediums, but also at the park, uh, the many signs that were at Fenway, uh, the standing ovations that I got at Fenway and my last game there, I'll never forget. 
Um, in fact, uh, after they did a video tribute and they had chanted my name for a while, I ended up uh, pretty choked up, couldn't uh, really do my job and <laughs> missed two batters <laughs> as I tried to collect myself and my partner, Jerry Remy, was kind enough to kind of take over. So, um, you know, that to me was very special. Uh, I, I'll never forget them. They're certainly a, a great part of my life. Um, but at the same time, I'm very much looking forward to this new chapter in my life and, and starting here with the Padres. I'm very excited about uh, what's going to be here over the next few years. Definitely, definitely. So going off that, um, what was your what was probably the toughest part for you about leaving Boston? Like the city, the fans, the team? What was that like? I think it's just uh, what I was used to, you know, and uh, the fact that I'd, I'd spent 20 years with the organization uh, and with the fans for that that part. I mean, uh, five years of AAA with the Pawtucket Red Sox that are only uh, 45 minutes down the road from Boston, and then you move up to the majors and you're there 15 seasons. So I think you, you know, you kind of get used to that on a daily basis if you work somewhere that long. Um, having grown up in that area too was part of it. So pretty big change. But again, if there's one place that I could change and move to, it's some place that I've been before, and that's Southern California. And that's why uh, this was, you know, something that uh, really jumped out at me as something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, what was your uh, favorite memory, I guess, with your time during your t- sorry during your time with the Red Sox? You know, it's funny. I, we were talking earlier about uh, off the field stuff, and um, to me. Uh, while it was on the field, it was not announcing per se. I, w- I was the PA uh, on the field for the ring ceremony in 2005. Uh, the Yankees were there on opening day, and uh, we, you know, obviously had the ring ceremony, and we were handing out rings for the first time uh, in 86 years. So uh, that was very special for me, without a doubt. I'll never forget that day. Um, you know, the the fans that came together for that pregame ceremony. Uh, was it was intense you know I mean it had been a long time and while the championship was great to celebrate it and hand out the rings in 05 on opening day was probably uh, my greatest memory and beyond that personally you know as I mentioned before my my last game at Fenway is something I'll never forget because you know I was a kid growing up hoping to be a player someday with the Red Sox and have my name chanted at Fenway and uh, that uh, didn't happen but it did as an announcer and uh, I'll certainly never forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I listen to Red Sox games here and there. I mean, obviously not as much as a Boston um, fan, but I, I see that you and Jerry Ramey had a really good relationship, and you obviously had a lot of fun together on the air from what I've seen and heard. So uh, tell me about your relationship with Jerry, what he means to you, and how it's going to be moving on, I guess, from working with him every day. Well, it, it was a relationship that grew over a 15-year period. You know, when I got there, I needed someone who kind of took me under their wing because, you know, I've been in the minors for 10 years, but there's a big difference between minors and majors when it comes even to announcing and uh, little stuff, you know, like where to sit on the charter, where to sit on the bus, uh, you know, getting around new major league parks, um, being a rookie for all intents and purposes. And, uh, you know, the first few years, we kind of, you know, I, I found my way a little bit and he helped me out a great deal. And then we became a very good friends over the years uh you alluded to some of the fun things that have happened uh, unscripted over the years that have just <laughs> kind of taken place and we have had uh, a lot of fun and a lot of that comes from you know our friendship really away from the park and and that's all part of it and i think it kind of uh transcended into uh you know people's living rooms for a long time in new england um that said i am very excited to be working with uh mark grant uh coming up here and mud is uh someone who reminds me a lot of jerry 
uh, from his personality and, and different things that he does is he kind of agrees with the philosophy that baseball is not only, um, you know, balls and strikes and certainly what's on the field is the number one thing, but also that uh, his personality comes through and he has a good time. After all, it is baseball. So uh, I'm looking forward to working with Mud and uh, spent a good amount of time with him so far before we get started. And uh, so far, I've really enjoyed my time with him. Yeah, Mark Grant is is definitely one of the best in the business. And I think you together as a pair is really gonna really gonna complement each other, and it's really gonna be a good team. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. He's been awesome. I get a text about it every day from him so far, so I'm just looking forward to spending more time with him and uh, getting to spring training. Definitely. And um, you know, uh, st- sticking on the announcer subject, um, have you ever had a chance to? Did you ever have a chance to meet Jerry Coleman? And and if so, did you have any thoughts or stories about him? You know, I did. Uh, Interleague gives us the opportunity to play, you know, uh, the National League teams about once every three years. And uh, I was out here actually at uh, Qualcomm the first time when we came out here. And then uh, the last time was 07 at Petco, uh, our first visit to Petco Park. And uh, both instances had the chance to uh, meet Jerry Coleman and talk with him. And uh, he was, without question, one of the greats in our our field, a a true legend and a great man, you know, a war veteran and uh, someone that uh, we all respected a great deal. And, you know, I, I just remember him telling me at the time, you know, how great uh, he, he viewed the Red Sox organization and uh, his thoughts on, you know, the teams on the East Coast. And, uh, you know, talking about at the time, I was a pretty young announcer and just kind of helping me with, you know, what, uh, yeah, I, I guess just telling me what big league baseball is about and what you can expect as an announcer, especially in uh, my first visit there. Uh, when we were at Qualcomm, he was uh, he was great, and uh, it was good to see him again. He was doing less games when we saw him in 07. He had scaled back pretty significantly at that time, um, but uh, it was always great to see him and uh, a great legend who certainly uh, missed. Yeah, no, I, I, Padre fans are still really um, emotional about his loss, and just that it was so sudden and that uh, we really didn't uh, have a time to – you know, appreciate them as much as we should have. You know, it's it's one of those things where you, as soon as they're gone, you, you realize how important they are in in your life. And and like I say, Padre fans are, are still um, deeply sorrow in sorrow for for the loss of uh, Mr. Coleman. Which which brings me to Tony Gwynn. Um, you interactions with Mr. Gwynn or um, any feelings about him um, would be uh, would be appreciated. One of the game's greatest hitters. Um, I did have a chance to be around him a little bit. Uh, through the years as a player and then in his post career uh, he and I um, I've done uh, I did TBS uh, postseason baseball for seven postseasons and uh, he and I actually were supposed to work a, a series together uh, at one point it didn't work out I ended up working with Harold Reynolds that year uh, and he ended up on another crew but he was just a special person as uh, I'm not telling anybody here anything that they don't know uh, from what he did on the field to what he did for the Padres what he did for the community and uh, just uh, you talk about a, a sad loss uh, he truly was a sad loss uh, but uh, just a God, unbelievable hitter you watch the way he would set up and um you know i can't imagine facing him as a pitcher because uh he's a pretty special guy yeah he 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 embodies the the city of san diego really i mean um he's mr padre he's mr san diego and um another one who's, who's just greatly missed um it's tough it's tough it's it's tough for me to even talk about it from time to time I, you know he he was a really special person i met him a, a couple of times and by my last time he basically knew my fa- my first name he was that type of person he went out of his way to to know who he was talking to and be very respectful and, and 
you know, he was a great man, and a lot of that has nothing to do with what he did on the field, in my opinion. No, and I think he was a great ambassador for the Padres, too. I really do. You know, you look back over the years, and, you know, you're right. The guy you think about first and foremost is Tony Gwynn when you think of San Diego Padres, and that comes from somebody who spent uh, the majority of his life on the East Coast. I mean, that's I think if you ask anybody in the East Coast, you think San Diego Padres, who do you think? And I, I bet they, they all say Tony Gwynn. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, give give me an impression of of AJ Preller and uh, you know how how your meetings with went with him went and you know what kind of baseball mind does he have? I believe it or not, so far I have not met AJ. Uh, he, my meetings, wow, are, really? yeah, I, I, my meetings have been with uh, Ron Fowler and Mike D and uh, uh, Wayne Partello and some of the guys in the in the front office and the Fox people. So uh, I'm looking forward to meeting with him in spring training, but um, from afar. Having watched it, you know, it looked like uh, the first year there was um, uh, a philosophy that, uh, you know, they're willing to change gears on. And, and it seemed that uh, uh, this last year it was one philosophy and this year appears to be a little bit different of a philosophy. But, you know, I'm not sure if this was his long range plan or if this was a switch in philosophy. I'm not sure which, but I, I do know that uh, it's definitely uh, been a uh, a situation for him this off season that he very much wanted to better the farm system, and I, I feel he's done that. So, um, but I am looking forward to meeting him in uh, spring training and all the baseball ops guys. Cool. So we talked about um, Jerry Coleman a little bit. Um, are you looking forward to, to, to meeting with Dick Enberg and uh, working with him, and I kind of I guess learning from him in the same way you learned from I guess Jerry Remy. Yeah, yeah, I am, and I and I have met with Dick a couple times already. Uh, when I came out here initially in October, uh, we were looking for a place to live, and I uh, had the chance to meet with him. Then came back out for a Fox event, and uh, had a lunch with him also um, about a month ago. So uh, I've gotten to know him uh, over the last couple months, and again another a certain legend in our business, a Hall of Famer, and uh, a bunch of different Hall of Fames, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that I'm very much looking forward to, to being around on a more regular basis. Obviously, um, I'll be working when he's not, so uh, we won't cross paths in that regard uh, all that much, but I hope to look forward to be around him a great deal and uh, learn from him. You know, it's never I'm never too old to, to learn, and uh, certainly this craft is one that gets polished over a number of years, and uh, he's been here for a, a great number of years, and I'm looking forward to watching him every night. Yeah, he's definitely uh, one of the best in the business as well, and he's been great to have here. It's obviously sad to see him go, but I think that you're, you're more than capable of filling those shoes for uh, the next few years. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> so um, I was asked by a colleague uh, on a lighter note, if you have any Manny Ramirez stories, I know you, you hear the <laughs> hear Manny being Manny, that's kind of a thing. So he was obviously quite a character. So do you have any, uh, I guess, personal stories of your interaction with him, anything funny or weird? <laughs> Yeah, well, there's plenty weird. I mean, there's plenty funny. I mean, he is uh, something that uh, was was amazing. He's one of the the only athletes I've ever known that really could uh, shut off the outside noise. It was really incredible, and uh, he was a lot of fun to be around over the course. I don't think he was so much fun for Terry Francona or the guys that had to manage him, but uh, <laughs> he was fun for us, you know, because he was always doing something. And um, one of the nights that I remember the most, I'll never forget, um, we were playing, I believe it was the Kansas City Royals, and they appeared to be making a pitching change. Their manager had come out to the mound, and Manny went behind the wall and left field to go to the bathroom. Which oh, yeah, he, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, which he did, from, he did from time to time, only there wasn't a pitching change. The manager was just going out to give his pitcher a message. <laughs> and he turned and came back, and I looked out in left field, and 
No sign of Manny. He was not out there as the uh, next pitch came in, which was amazing. And then he came darting out during the next pitch. So uh, he missed the pitch, thought they were in a pitching change. Didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, there were a lot of those with Manny. He was something special. But I'll tell you what, that guy could hit. That's one thing he certainly could do. Yeah, so he definitely was quite a character. Um, So I saw when Terry Francona first came back to to Boston after he was – uh, Cleveland skipper, I saw he he kind of beat you up in the in the dugout. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. I would say it was a full fledged assault. He could have been arrested. Uh, no, he he and I have been great friends for a number of years. Of course, he was a longtime manager of the Red Sox. I guess it was eight years, not that long, but still felt like a lot. You know, a long time. Uh, he and I became very close over the years, and he had this uh, regiment that. Uh, I don't know. It was part of his relaxation where he would usually attack me from behind, um, you know, <laughs> trying to mess up my hair before games or do whatever. He loves to wrestle. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things. He's kind of like a 12-year-old kid uh, trapped in a 55-year-old man's body. So, uh, But uh, he's been great over the years, and uh, he's done, a, you know, certainly did a great job with the Red Sox and doing a very good job with the Cleveland Indians now. And that was the first time back into Fenway. And, uh, yeah, I was assaulted there. I was assaulted again, actually, in Cleveland uh, before <laughs> My last games with the Red Sox, so he's got me a couple times. God, just wait until they come to San Diego, huh? <laughs> uh, I'm not looking forward to spring training. They're on the schedule at least four times, I think, uh, during the spring. So I'll oh, see him in Arizona. You're in for a couple of salts, apparently. Yeah, attack <laughs> there. Um, I have a question from a colleague of ours, uh, John Horvath, who writes for us. Um, he wants to know uh, if you've done any extensive research on the team and who are you the most excited to see uh, this coming season. Well, I'm trying to learn the organization right now, and that's, you know, as I mentioned, coming from an organization where I had been with one organization for 20 years and started in Pawtucket, and you move up and you know about 65% of the clubhouse because they'd come through the system, and that's not the case here. I mean, I'm coming here uh, having, you know, watched the Padres from afar. Uh, Last year, it's funny, one of the things I do to relax uh, on the East Coast was after I I broadcast my game, I like to go home and watch the West Coast game. So I actually did see a fair number of Padres games last year, just in general, year to year. Uh, so I know a little bit about the team, and uh, I, I, you know, I'm excited about the guys that they have right now still on the roster. Um, some of which I've seen in the American League before. Uh, you think of the Myers and uh, Norris, and some of those guys. I haven't seen a lot of Kemp before, but you know, they're 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 guys that I have seen a great deal of before. Melvin Upton uh, with the Rays, so I have a feel for exactly uh, what kind of players those guys are. Um, But I'm really looking forward to spring training this year, especially because I'm going to get a chance to see the organization top to bottom, uh, the guys on the 40 man, the guys even lower that are going to participate in those spring training games. That will give me a great opportunity to really get to know the organization and the staff. Uh, You know, that's something I'm looking forward to a great deal and uh, really important this year for me, especially. Nice. Nice. Uh, Another question that I have from a fan, uh, Johnny Silva, uh, would like to know, uh, with your Red Sox history, um, have you gone out to North Park uh, area and visited the home of Ted Williams and uh, Hoover High School in particular? I have not yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to that first visit. Uh, I've heard a lot about it, and there have been a lot of people who uh, have told me they're going to take me out there and to visit it, and it's something that I would like to do. Uh, you know, having worked for the Red Sox and certainly knowing the um, the incredible career that Ted Williams had, and we were talking about Jerry Coleman uh, being a war hero as well and, and a veteran. Well, Ted Williams is the same and uh, an incredible hitter and obviously uh, one of the greats in our game. So that's something I'd very much like to do. And, you know, this year I know the Padres are going to be 
celebrating uh, that as well uh, with the Red Sox coming into town this season as well. I know that uh, that's going to be a, a tie-in. You know, certainly it was when we were here last time that this was Ted Williams' home. Yeah, yeah nice. Uh, so, Don, who's your uh, favorite, I guess, player outside of the Red Sox organization? Like, who was your favorite to watch maybe with your time there? I would say there were two. Uh, earlier in my career, Cal Ripken really stood out for me. I, uh-huh. I just appreciated uh, what he was able to do, uh, the whole Iron Man thing and the fact that he played every day, but just kind of the way he carried himself, uh, the way he went about his business and you know his his reputation uh, to me, and then certainly got to know him after his career. Also, we were talking about Tony Gwynn earlier, but he went into broadcasting as well and was a, a colleague at TBS. Uh, so getting to know him a little bit was certainly special, but he was one of the guys early in my career. And then as uh, my career in Boston went on, Derek Jeter uh, really stood out. You know, we, we play the Yankees 19 times a year and you get a chance to really see how a guy goes about his business also. And uh, it, very similar to Cal in that regard and uh, really was something special and um, had the chance Ironically, uh, looking back at my career now, to have done the last game that Cal Ripken ever played in and the last game that Derek Jeter ever played in. Um, we did wow. the game at Camden Yards that uh, Cal played in, and then uh, Jeter's last game uh, in the major leagues was at Fenway Park uh, two years ago. So that was special. Yeah, definitely. Those are two, obviously, icons in the game. And I guess speaking of icons, um, how, what what other ballparks are your favorite besides uh, Fenway? Because obviously Fenway is pretty iconic in itself. So. <laughs> Well, Petco's always been towards the top of my list ever since we came here in 07. I'll tell you, this place is uh, tremendous, and I'm really looking forward to calling it home mm-hmm. um, because it, it's just awesome. I think it's so cool, and I was walking around it yesterday, actually, uh, just taking a look. It looks a little different now with the dirt. and It's a little different than it's going to uh, come a month or two uh, from now, but um, no, it's just the sight lines are great. Uh, I think it's an awesome place. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of actually West Coast places I really like. I like Safeco Field in Seattle a great deal. Um, I really love the Giants ballpark in San Francisco. That place is cool, and I'm looking forward to going there on a regular basis uh, now that I'm in the National League West. So uh, that's going to be good. As far as East Coast goes, uh, Camden Yards in Baltimore stands out for me. And uh, kind of ironic that, uh, you know, two of those are Larry Lucchino buildings. So uh, it worked out that way that uh, I just really like both those ballparks. But Petco's always been a great one for me. Yeah, Petco's definitely, I would say, a work of art. It's definitely a beautiful park. Obviously still relatively new, and it's still in great condition. So definitely agree with you on that. Um, so how much are you looking forward to uh, going to Arizona this year for spring training rather than Florida? Like, what's that going to be like for you? I don't know if you have any, I guess, time in Arizona in the past, but. Yeah, I will. Just playing the Diamondbacks in interleague is really the only thing. And uh, I've done some college basketball for Fox. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in Tempe a couple weeks ago uh, doing the Arizona Arizona State game. And, you know, I, I haven't spent a lot of time there. But this I know. Uh, Florida spring training, you have a, a lot of travel. You know, there's the Red Sox trained in Fort Myers. And you go from Fort Myers to St. Lucie. You go to Dunedin the other way. And uh, there were several three, three-and-a-half-hour trips. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I know this much about Arizona. Everything's a lot closer. So that, that part's really going to be great uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of spring training teams that we haven't seen uh, in years past because they've been in Arizona and that includes you know seeing the Mariners on a daily basis sharing the complex with them and you know as I mentioned Terry Francona a lot of the friendships I have with uh, players teams and coaches who all train in Arizona so I'm looking forward to seeing that for the first time and really seeing the Padres for the first time I'm, I am really excited about seeing the whole organization. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Arizona's definitely a lot different than uh, Florida because, like you said, the drive is much less. There's things about an hour between 
I think you can hit all the parks in about an hour, hour and a half. So it's definitely less of, I guess, a commute all around yeah. the different parks. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we can't we can't promise the Will Ferrell, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Will Ferrell this year. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was very cool. Um, you know, so this is is this, this is going to be your first time uh, that you're doing uh, college basketball for Fox Sports, if I'm correct, right? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. It, it, what happened was is, is that uh, with the Padres, I've worked for the the Padres, but um, with uh, being a Fox family member, uh, it opened up the door for me to do uh, Fox College Basketball this last off season, which uh, was a lot of fun. Had the chance to uh, do some Big East games before I moved, and my schedule kind of got shifted to a Pac-12 games. Um, but uh, having seen Providence College earlier this year, see how good they are. They're a pretty good team, tenth right now, and uh, having chance to do the Arizona. Arizona State game out here was pretty cool, and um, Coach Hurley actually got thrown out of that game in the second half, showing his intensity a little bit. But it was it was a lot of fun. Nice, it's it's nice to, to do something a little different. I, w- I would imagine than, than baseball, um, you know, sharpen the skills, if you will. Sure, yeah, no, I've done a lot of college basketball over the years, but uh, this is the first time that it's been for Fox. Nice, nice. Okay, um, I have a Jersey question for you. Uh, a lot of Padre fans are insistent on the brown uh for a permanent color for the padres um do you have an opinion on that um being that you're kind of an outside uh person looking in yeah no i I, you know it's funny i've looked at the uniforms over the years and i like the uniforms over the years and um you know the brown is kind of what i remember uh you know when i was in southern california as far as what they wore you know you see brown and it kind of reminded me of the padres so um, you know, I really don't have a huge opinion about it. I think they're all pretty nice, but I know that from what I've heard from a lot of the fans that I've met so far, that Brown's pretty important to them, and they very yeah. much would like to have that come back. And I'm sort of learning that as I go. Yeah, I think I think a lot of fans are are looking for that uh, tradition in the Padres that sure. is lacking for for several years, and and I think the Brown uh, to them is kind of a a symbol of of uniting the, the the fans, if you will. But there still are a lot of people who don't like the brown as well. So I mean, like anything, you can't you can't keep everyone happy. I guess. No, <laughs> no, you certainly can't. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of back and forth on the the brown versus non brown issue. Yeah, there it's is definitely like a. It seems like a daily thing on like Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It's like all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing that. I am. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll definitely get a, a earful of uh, opinions in that regard. <laughs> okay, so I understand you're you're a food connoisseur. Have you had a chance to uh, taste any of the um, specialties of of San Diego, if you will, maybe like a California burrito or a fish taco? Yeah, I've done quite a few fish tacos already, and and to be honest with you, I I really do enjoy cooking. I, I don't know that I would call myself a connoisseur by any means, but um, I very much my my hobbies kind of besides baseball are cooking and fishing. So uh, those are two things I really enjoy doing. And so far, yeah, I really have. I've had a considerable amount of fish tacos since I've been here, and uh, really enjoyed a little Italy and being over there and. Um, in Coronado now, so we're hitting some of the restaurants over here as well for the first time, and you know only been here about a month, but so far I haven't had a bad meal yet, so it's been great. Nice, yeah. and there's there's definitely plenty of fishing to do, both uh, ocean and lake here in, in San Diego. So I think you're going to be very happy in, in that regard. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's kind of got everything I like to do, so uh, it's been awesome. Cool, cool. So since we were mentioning food, I have I have something I want to ask you about. Um, Tell me about the the pizza incident. I had a few uh, Boston Red Sox fans <laughs> ask me about that that memory in, in specific. So uh, I guess tell tell us a little bit more about that. 
Well, we've had a number of things take place over the years that, as I mentioned before, non-scripted and just kind of happened. And uh, that was that one sort of stood the test of time. That was in the <laughs> early 2000s, and it's amazing. You can uh, check it out on YouTube now. That I mean, it's still there, and it it was unbelievable. It was a, a Patriots Day game at uh, Fenway Park. Uh, we were playing the Angels, and Garrett Anderson was headed over uh, towards the box seats that jet out at Fenway uh, after a foul ball, and uh, a guy went after the ball at the same time, and something came out of nowhere and hit the guy in the face and so we of course have the ability to backtrack and kind of investigate this CSI style and we have 14 cameras in the ballpark so we go to break and we checked it all out from all the different camera angles and turns out this guy about three rows behind him actually threw a full piece of pizza at this guy and hit him in the face and a lot of the remnants of the pizza was still on his face but we had to backtrack it we did it in slow motion Uh, we checked it all we get to the bottom of it and it was pretty funny and it has stood the test of time yeah, I think that was like 2002 or 2003. Yeah, somewhere was, in there. It was real early. I know that, but it was it's it's still there. You can check it out. Yeah, I was watching <laughs> that this morning. Uh, I'm definitely gonna link it on our on our page so that all the Padre fans that maybe haven't seen it can check it out because that's cool. Definitely pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, once I get giggling, it's all over. I'm I'm done. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I've seen plenty of videos of of you and Jerry just just dying laughing on air. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. My laugh. Once it gets going, I'm done. all right mister so i think we got a couple more questions and uh we will get out of your hair um i have a question on facebook uh from one of our uh, followers who would like to know uh where you see where you see yourself in seven years after your contract expires uh with the padres well, I'm hopeful that uh, I spend the rest of my career with the Padres, to be honest with you. That was uh, one of the reasons I came here. Um, certainly was the, the, you know, the opportunity to come here is one that I see as a permanent move, I hope. Um, I hope to retire with the Padres. So uh, to answer your question, it would be right here, right where I am right now. Fantastic. Fantastic. We look forward to that. Um, another question I have is about your tie collection. And uh, is that worth mentioning? Uh <laughs> Uh, probably not, but uh, it, it is one that has grown over the years. And I have this thing. It's really stupid, actually, is that uh, I never wear the same tie twice in a season. I don't know what it is. It's like uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why. It's sort of a superstition. Uh, I, I have issues, no question. Uh, but I, once I wear a tie one night, I'll put it you know, somewhere else so I won't wear it until the next season. just kind of worked out that way. I don't know why, but I've done it every year, and it seemed to work. So I'll probably keep doing it. So he has like 162 ties laying around. At least, yeah, I got that many in the rotation. Probably closer to 300, actually, as it works out. That's hilarious. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I had one more question about um, uh, your adjustment from, I guess, calling one team's games all year. And then I I saw you did a couple playoff games, obviously, with TBS. So what was that adjustment like for you? I mean, because you're so familiar with Boston, obviously, but you're not maybe as familiar with some of the teams you called during the playoffs. So what was that adjustment like for you? Yeah, it's certainly different. I mean, you have to do your, your homework very quickly and do kind of a crash course on both teams. Um, my first national game, actually, and I probably shouldn't even say this because it's not a great memory in Padres history. Uh, he never touched first... home. He never touched home. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> you know, I don't think Holiday ever did. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was the Padres Rockies in 07. And um, that to me was, uh, you know, it was an incredible game. You know, it was awful as it turns out for the Padres. Uh, to have a lead in extra innings and, and not be able to put it away. 
Uh, but yeah, it was different. You know, you yeah. were, and I found out I was doing that game the night before um, and flew to Denver really, you know, trying to do a crash course on the plane as to, you know, what the Padres had done that year, what the Rockies had done. And um, mm. so, yeah, it was different. And you're working with different partners and that was always kind of thrown together uh, at the end. You know, you really wouldn't know who your partner would be up until like a week before and then they'd let you know. And that was always different. But I enjoyed it. I really did. It was a great deal of fun and enjoying doing national games and having the chance to uh, learn all the different teams. And it really keeps you kind of uh, aware of what's going on across Major League Baseball uh, more so when you know you're going to be doing that. Yeah, man, that was that was a tough memory, man. You just brought oh, that up. I, I, oh. <laughs> it was yeah, a tough memory. I had, I had gotten it out of my mind, and you brought it back. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to bring it there. You're okay, no worries. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is our lasting uh, memory as as the Padres in the playoffs. That was our last uh, appearance in the playoffs, so it's uh, it's oh, not man. exactly the, <laughs> the best the moment taste. for us. <laughs> I'm sorry I was a part of it. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it it is what it is, you know. It, it it's it's a shame that 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 in some people's eyes has tarnished uh, Trevor Hoffman's image a bit because you know that's just one appearance and it was in the, you know, the offensive juggernaut of of Colorado. So you know, it it, it is what it is, though. You know, and that too. You know, I remember thinking back at that game. Uh, I think he was up as many as four or five times in that game. Yeah, uh, because every time I looked out there, I mean, he was up earlier in the game. Uh, I want to say like seventh, eighth inning in there, and then he was up in extra innings. I want to say four or five times. So that's got to be a lot more than he was used to being up before coming into a game. Yeah, there there's plenty of intangibles that that uh, created what happened. So you know, it's tough to put it on one person. And you know, it's the game of baseball. It's a it's a it's a team sport, and everyone is responsible for the outcome. Um, okay, uh, Mr. Orso, I think I think we're about done. Did you have anything else for him, Patrick? No, I just just want to say let's make some uh, some new memories, some new playoff memories here. Definitely, some positive ones. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully, I can bring you guys a no hitter too. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, or anything. <laughs> okay. We got that cycle, so I, I think that's next. <laughs> that's good. All right, well, this will be the year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. let's hope for it. <laughs> All right, Mr. Orsillo, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking to us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we would love to have you on again um, if you ever have time. All right, guys, thanks very much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank looking you. forward to hearing you this year. Take care. Take care. Thank you. All right, Padre fans, well, that was Don Orsillo uh, spending a little bit of time with us, uh, answering some questions. Um, we're extremely gracious that he was um, took the time out of his busy schedule to talk to us, and uh, – we had a, a fantastic time. Um, Patrick, anything uh, offhand that you can think of? No, it was great talking to Don. A lot of great insight on both, obviously, the Red Sox organization and then looking forward to the Padres. So it was just a great time. And uh, we're getting close to the season here. I think we're about three or four weeks from, from uh, pitchers and catchers. So we're getting there. Yeah, about three weeks till pitchers and catchers report, uh, folks. So uh, Padre baseball is coming really soon. Um, we're excited and uh Thanks again uh, to Mr. Orsillo. Uh, thank you to Patrick for, uh, as usual, for uh, creating this whole uh, podcast, if you will. Um, I don't believe I have anything else, Patrick. Uh, yeah, just uh, the usual. I guess uh, give us a follow and like on Podbean. That's where we host our podcasts. And we're also on iTunes now. So uh, give us a review on there. Check it out. And uh, we'll, we'll get this posted uh, here today. All right. Thank you so much, folks, for, for joining in, in uh, on our podcast and uh, listening. Um, East Village Times podcast, signing out. Mm-hmm.